Hey, peoples, welcome to another episode of Rock the Boat OKC, where we talk to brave, crazy souls who are unafraid to do the thing and rock the boat in their own lives by doing something different. And today, we are fortunate enough to have the newly elected mayor of Bethany, Oklahoma, Nikki Lloyd. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. So is there like a proper way to address you? Just Nikki. It's what I like to go with. <laughs> You're uh, not like Madam Mayor or you Mrs. Know, I, Mayor. <laughs> I get both, actually. And it's I'm still in that phase where it feels really awkward. Right. And I kind of have this moment of, you're talking, oh, right. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. Good to see you. Right. <laughs> oh, I am the mayor now. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, right. It's been like a month now. Okay. Okay. So have you actually like taken on the mayorship role? I have. So the election was February 9th. And then it was the following week, just a few days later that um, I was sworn in. It was during that winter ice storm. So it was crazy. So we just did this just really unceremonious little thing in the <laughs> office where the city manager just swore me in on a piece of paper and I read it back and that was it. There wasn't really a lot of to do, which, you know, me, I'm, I'm pretty low key. So right. I prefer the no photos, no video. <laughs> Not a big deal kind of thing anyway. So I was okay with that. You're like, oh, um, thank you for ice storm. <laughs> I know. I was like, that worked out well. Not that I'm happy about losing water for a week, but yeah, it worked out kind of well. Um, <laughs> so, so that was, it was an interesting first full day in office because that's when uh, at the end of that day, about probably, oh gosh, eight, between eight and nine, uh, my husband and I were staying in the Holiday Inn because at that point, you know, my first council meeting was coming up. I, I just needed a shower. I didn't want to walk in there stinking. <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you all. Woo. What is that? <laughs> That's our new mayor. Smell her coming. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I got to get a shower. I got to wash this hair. We got to do something. Um, so yeah, it was, it was later that night when the city manager called me and she's like, well, mayor, I think, uh, city might be out of water by 3 a.m. And there were some leaks that were major that were caused by freezing pipes and then they busted and there were, you know, just some of them were big enough that we were losing millions of gallons oh wow that was your first day that was my first day oh wow (laughs) and uh so it was trial by fire i was just kind of jumping right on in there oh my goodness and uh so yeah no the the city manager is amazing She's doing a fabulous job. So she makes my job a lot easier because I don't have to worry that things are, are getting done. She just gets in there and does it. She's a go-getter. She's incredible. So awesome. that was a relief. Yeah. Staff's amazing. They worked day and night oh, to get wow. those leaks under control. So everybody was awesome. Well, but, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Cool. So you've never held political office before. Gosh, no. I've avoided it. My whole life. I I just, it's something I, it's funny being a politician, (laughs) something I specifically never wanted to do. (laughs) I'd had conversations with people over the years because I spent so many years in government. Mm -hmm. You know, I spent 15 years uh, in state and local government. So it's kind of a, I think when you're in it that long and you meet so many people throughout your journey, it's kind of a natural conversation people have and they'll start to ask it mm-hmm. once you hit, oh, I don't know about your 10. <laughs> You've been around government for a long time. You going to run? No. That was always my answer. I was like, no, no, I'm good. I'm just going to pass on that. I don't like politics. I like to, you know, watch the bills and stay involved and contact my legislator when necessary, when something really calls to me. And, um, so that's what I was always active as a citizen politically, but mm-hmm. I never wanted to step into that political arena ever. But God had other plans for me. So 
here I am. <laughs> well, I know I read a book once. I don't remember what book it was where that was the whole point. The people in charge were only allowed to be the people that didn't want to be the people in charge. Because <laughs> yeah, you figure sense. they don't have that like, oh, power, yeah. you know, thing. The reluctant leaders. Yes, I exactly. think is, is kind of what we are. And we, what I've seen and what I've read, because I, I, I've studied a lot about what it is to be a leader, to be a good leader, to be effective and be quality and kind of want to inspire people to want to work with you as a team. And, you know, there are a lot of things that I've learned over the course of my life. They seem like common sense to me, I suppose, but maybe they're not. Um, but one of them is it's, I think that reluctance, um, a lot comes along with it. I ran not because I wanted notoriety or power or any of those things. Um, I wanted to make a difference and I tried to make a difference in other ways and it just wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So I kind of got to the point where this felt like the last, my last option to really bring some good quality change in my community. And I think that's kind of where we start and it has a triple up effect. You start, you start where you can in your own little mm -hmm. piece of the world, your own little patch and you do what you can to make that better and improve it if you can. And so to me, as cheesy as it sounds, it was a civic duty. I right. felt like to go in and say, okay, you know, I don't like what I'm seeing, but I have no right to complain if I don't step up and at least make an effort to do something about it. And if I've tried and I've done everything within my power and I, and I still don't succeed, I can at least sleep at night knowing that I did my best. And then I can complain because, you know, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really what it all comes back around to is I need the right to complain. I need the right to complain. <laughs> <laughs> I've earned my right to complain. <laughs> there you go. That's very awesome. Yeah. So um, what are your what are your first hundred days? Gonna do, you know, first your, hundred days. Your goals for. I have Bethany. a lot of goals. They're going to take a lot more than 100 days. <laughs> um, I'm learning a lot of different things. So my goals for my campaign really haven't changed, but how I can go about doing them has. Mm. As you learn more, and I'm training on how to, you know, being a government employee and then transitioning to the elected official side, there's nothing that prepares you for that because yeah. there's so many other things that come along with it. And just from a basic legal standpoint, the moment you're an elected official, the laws in the state that apply protections to private citizens like you, they no longer apply to me anymore. Oh. So I lose protection as a private citizen because now technically I'm considered a public figure. So, oops, <laughs> right. So I'm not as protected publicly yeah. i just don't have that anymore because i'm not a private citizen <clears throat> so it's just kind of there's a big learning curve in a lot of those things you know i'm learning just how slowly the wheels of government move it makes it easy to undo things that you don't necessarily like but it makes it difficult to accomplish things as well because i want to get in there and i want to do it now but you can't yeah because any little decision you make has to be verified and re-verified and vetted over and over and over again by multiple parties not just the city manager the city attorney even if somebody wants to make a donation to the city you know, because budget is one of our biggest struggles right now. We have very, very limited resources because of overspending and mismanagement in the previous years. 
So we are working with little to no resources and we knew that going in, mm-hmm. but even receiving donations, you'd think, oh, that's easy, right? That's, that's, that's a no brainer. It's not because you have to look at it from so many different angles. And you know, the city attorney's got to issue an opinion. You have to go over it. You have to talk about voting on it. And then you have to, to vote to have the potential to vote on it. And then oh, well. two weeks later, then maybe you can discuss it and actually vote on it. Then after that, you can vote to implement it. And so it's just, it's figuring that out and learning how to work with it and try not to get too frustrated with how slowly things move <laughs> in government across the board, not just municipal, just in general. Well, yeah, I mean, government is famous for that. Oh, yeah. That's- and I'm learning exactly why. And yeah. so that's fun. And then trying to explain that to people is equally fun. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you get to be the public face of this is what's wrong and you need to fix it. And this is what you need to do. And you need to do it now. Yep. Why isn't it done yesterday? Right. You've been in office for a month. What are you doing? <laughs> Eating bonbons. <laughs> well, I am sure that the office of mayor of Bethany is very glamorous. Oh, yes. That's sarcasm. That's why everyone. <laughs> Uh, no. And you know, Bethany is city manager run government. So it's really just reestablishing the boundaries that have been blurred in recent years and just kind of reeducating people on what that office is. It's a figurehead position. It is not a mayor strong government. I'm not in there running that city. That's Elizabeth and her staff and they're doing an incredible job. Yeah. I don't want, I, I don't want to take credit from anybody for the work that they're doing. So council, there's nine of us. We go in there and, you know, we, we make policy. She's administration that every day, day to day grind. That's what she does. The hard stuff. We go in there and we do policy and we, you know, so, so that's our main focus. And so it's just reestablishing and reminding people like, Hey, it's not me running this city. It's, it's not council running the city. I'm just a figurehead for a policy making body. And, and that's it. So it is a limited scope. It's a part, it's not a full-time job. Yeah. Um, and so some of it is that, um, just kind of offering that re-education and learning the ropes myself and what I can and can't do. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's a big learning curve. Fun times. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the campaign like? Like the campaign trail? You did a lot of door knocking. I did. It was interesting because... I'd never run a campaign before. You know, I've got my marketing firm and I've been doing, I've been a marketer for 20 years now, writer for 25. So all that stuff I knew how to do. And I was really excited when it came to the campaign in that one of the biggest, biggest expenses for a campaign is the marketing component. Having somebody build out and manage a website, build out all your graphics, manage your social, you know, do all of those components. And I was like, man, this is going to be easy peasy. I can do all that stuff for myself. And I did, um, but then there were so many other components to it that were really, really challenging. I understood by the end why people, why people get a campaign manager. Oh, really? And if, if God wants me to ever run for office again, <laughs> like, oh, Jesus, please give me the resources <laughs> for a campaign manager because my goodness, oh man, the paperwork and the filing deadlines and just all of these various components, you know, getting, getting voter information and where to get it from and what you need and the costs and just, there was so much to manage yeah. and it was overwhelming. Um, you know, there were a lot of amazing people who stepped up and helped me. And I'm really thankful for that because 
I'm telling you, at one point, I, I just, I thought if my head was unattached, it would just roll away and I wouldn't know where to find it. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Um, it, it got really overwhelming, but I think I did an all right job. Um, Clearly you won. So. Uh, well, I think, I think the people that stepped up and helped me did an incredible job. So um, without them, I don't know that I would have. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot to it. So if you're ever going to run for office, I would highly recommend a qualified campaign manager. <laughs> My recommendation to you. <clears throat> I was going to say, you're making it sound like super fun. <laughs> Yes, I. It's your duty to do this, but it sucks a lot. It's really hard. I have heard that the fun parts are coming. Oh, so I am remaining optimistic. (laughs) I'm. I always sure they will come. I don't know when or how that will look, but uh, but I'm hopeful. (laughs) Um, so far it's 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 been interesting. Um, and it. I don't want to make it sound like it's all awful. No, said, right. uh, I'm surrounded by incredible people doing a wonderful job. Um, so that part is, is really great. I think the challenge is coming into office as a newly elected official, especially not having a history of being a politician or a grand desire to have a political career. People immediately, the moment you're sworn in, you're a politician. Even people that have known you for years, they look at you differently and they interact with you differently. Oh, Wow. And not everybody, mm-hmm. but a, but a big majority of the people that I know, or people that I'm acquainted with, because you and I have been friends for years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't treat me differently. The people closest to me don't treat me differently, but that's a really small group. The people who were kind of borderline friends or kind of on that verge of friends slash acquaintance, mm-hmm. those are really the ones who who are reacting differently, hmm. and so. It's navigating that has been a challenge Um, because I don't really know what to do with that, to be honest. What do you do with someone who from one day to the next suddenly behaves entirely differently with you? And actually, some of them will be really angry, really, really angry. You know, during the campaign, I had really honest conversations with people about what my hopes were and goals were for the city. Well, those haven't changed, Mm -hmm. but they, I think expected these immediate results. And so I'm having these conversations with people like, Hey, when I stepped into office, I didn't bring a spare 10 mil with me. (laughs) Right. The lack of resources didn't change just because part of the administration changed. Mm -hmm. That's that didn't, you know, we're still locked in and limited with the resources available to us. Right. You know, because the city went from having four and a half to 6 million on reserve carryover every year in the budget. Yeah. On 2019, now what was left in the budget? $9,000. Wow. So those reserves were entirely depleted. And there was a lot of different reasons for that. Overspending, you know, overspending mismanagement. And some of it was incompetence and just a lack of, of knowledge. But whatever the reasons, that's in the past that I want to work with what we got and move forward. But trying to explain that to people and... Limbs is a great a great example, and I know this is a really boring topic, but Bethany's still working on limbs. Oh, really? Yes. From they started picking them up November sixteenth after the October storm, and they're still going. And wow. you know, there's a corner of the city that a big corner of the city that isn't done yet, and so there's a lot of 
emotion attached to that and anger. And people don't understand why we can't speed it up. It was my first conversation with the city manager after, you know, after I stepped into the office. Hey, what's the deal with the limbs? Let's talk about it. Yeah. And she's like, okay. She's like, normally cities and all these surrounding cities that have done a full pickup and some of them are doing a second round. Mm -hmm. They all have the budget to hire outside contractors to come in and speed up the process and help them get that done. The city doesn't have the money for that. That can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to do something like that. Oh, wow. And so with the budget shortfall that we already have in place and just kind of limping along and trying to build up and make sure we have any kind of carryover, they can't afford that cost. They just Uh can't. And so we've started having honest conversations with people about that and they don't like that answer. Right. Of course not. No, I mean, but nobody likes to be told no. No, they don't. And there was actually a gentleman in higher grounds the other day at a meeting and I was leaving and he came up to me and it was packed and he just starts yelling at me. Oh my gosh. He just let loose. And I tried to have this conversation with him about budget and all of that. My limb, uh, me and my husband, our yard is still stacked. Limbs are stacked high. We will be the absolute last neighborhood for pickup because of where they started. And he just started yelling at me about I'm lying and money was stolen and deep state and all these things. And I'm like, well, sir, you know, I don't, I don't know what deep state you're talking about. Cause I'm talking about <laughs> Bethany. Right. And I was like, I didn't know Bethany had a deep state. I don't, I don't know if you thought maybe you meandered on into Washington DC for a minute, but uh, this is Bethany, <laughs> Oklahoma. So I don't know what you're talking about, but let, you know, let me give you my, my honest thoughts here. He didn't want to hear it. It didn't, it didn't matter what I said. He did not want to hear it. He wanted someone to lay into yeah, and just tear apart. And sometimes part of the job is just being that person Yeah, that has to sit and listen to people vent and be angry and tear you up for something that you were not a part of, but you stepped into. Right. And it stinks, but it's kind of customer service 101. And I think that the thing that no one tells you is I think a a good, being a good politician, Mm -hmm. if that's, I don't want to call myself that, but I guess technically that's what I am now. The biggest component of it is customer service. You, that is what you were there for. Yeah. So did you, did you think about or were you aware that like, that was kind of your job or before you, before you, like when you were running, like, I'm going to be the person that people yell at? Um, yes and no. I knew that I was going to be stepping into a big steaming pile. (laughs) I knew I'd be stepping into position with very very limited resources Mm -hmm. and i think that there's a part of me that was really hopeful that the people that were so supportive during my campaign would extend that grace and understanding as i was learning my role in office and trying to trying to accomplish things as much as i can you know and as quickly as i can again working within the wheels of a government entity what I didn't expect is that it would expire as quickly as it did. Oh, really? Yeah. That that kind of grace that I was hoping for. <laughs> didn't get that. Didn't, didn't really go that far. Oh, no. Now, it's, I, I'm saying that in a very generalized way. There are still citizens that have reached out and continue to be incredibly amazing and supportive and understanding. Yeah. And I had a meeting with one of them the other day. His name is David. Exceptional gentleman. He's he's an older man. He's he's Vietnam vet. He was in the Navy. And there are people like that that just make it worth it. 
because oh, they're so good. encouraging and so understanding. He was upset about the limbs too, but he was willing to sit down with me and have a coffee and just let me, you know, explain to him like, hey, David, the limbs suck. I agree. <sighs> Here's why we can't get them faster. Yeah. And he understood and he's willing to step up and volunteer and help. So a bunch nice. of us are going out on Sunday to clean up the city hall complex. Oh, wow. Just with our own time to try and help in what ways that we can. Yeah. You know, so it's just coming up with creative free ways to get things <sighs> done. And, you know, people like him, they, they remind me why I would even consider running in the first place. So I don't want to, I don't want to say you know, all citizens are just yelling and screaming at me. It's no, not right. Of course. It's not that at all. There's but, a select few. Right. Well, there's also that whole like the squeaky wheel gets the grease yeah. kind of phenomenon of people are. And I mean, just in every area, every industry, it's the people that are upset that have something to say, you know, people that are yes. happy or content or usually don't say anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're quiet. Right. This is why you're always having to like beg for reviews. Like, oh, if you're happy, go Google review me or um, whatever, you know. When people are happier and content, they're usually silent. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's and true. So I'm sure it's a nice change of pace to get a like, a, hey, I understand or or yes. even a, a complaint. But, you know, like you said, he was willing to listen. And yeah, like, that's a huge deal. Like. It makes all the difference because I've had, there are, there are multiple people that have reached out and they've been unhappy with things. And I just appreciate that they took the time to reach out legitimately, even if it's to gripe at me. Mm -hmm. Because pretty much every single time, with the exception of Higher Grounds Man, um, <laughs> uh, which that has nothing to do with Higher Grounds. How, higher Grounds is wonderful and I love their shop and they're exceptional people. So please don't tie those, that negative to them. That just happened to be where it was. But, um, Anyway, just wanted to throw that. Yeah, out there. No. <laughs> I don't want to tie any kind of negative experience to that wonderful company because um, they're doing a great job in the community. But I, I'd say ninety nine percent of the time, even when people reach out and they're unhappy, I just sit down and have a conversation with them or a phone conversation. And by the end of it, even if their situation is exactly the same, they they are very kind and gracious. And they, you know, I had a woman tell me the other day, thank you for taking the time to listen to me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And so that's, that's really good too. That's what I'm hopeful for is that when people do get really upset and feel like they're not getting the help or the outcome that they need, that they'll at least reach out so we can talk. Right. Yeah. Well, I think most people, you don't ever, you don't get to talk to your politician, like whoever, you know, your mayor, your councilman, like, yeah. You get to talk to their secretary. You get to leave a message. You get to send an email. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm not a big enough deal to have a secretary. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, down the line, <laughs> but you're just not used. I mean, that's just like, it's not a thing. You don't get to talk to your representative. That, that never happens unless um, you happen to catch them at a, an event or whatever. I think that's the beauty of not really being a career politician. Right. Yeah. I want to talk to people. I love talking to them. My favorite part of the campaign trail was talking to people and meet and greets. Yeah. I loved the meet and greets. I want to start doing quarterly meet and greets. Actually, I'm working on a plan for that um, because social has presented a problem for, for council just as a whole over the years. Mm -hmm. um, there's been a lot of kind of overstep and... Um, I don't want to say intentional misuse, but unintentional misuse of social that's, that's caused... <clears throat> excuse me, potential liability for the city. So 
Uh, we're trying really hard to pull back on the social component mm-hmm. for council, specifically all council. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a mayor presence on social at all. Oh, really? At all. Oh, wow. I don't go there. I have a city email address and I have a city phone number and all of my city business is conducted digitally through those formats, you know, the phone or the email and that's it. Otherwise, it's just meetings in person and things like that. And that's that's just, again, from a legal aspect, I'm trying to protect the city. And so that's why I do that. And we're working, we're about to start working on a policy right now for social to kind of get everybody on the same page. Um, so it's there again, that looks, I think, from the public perspective, like we're trying to shut down their way to communicate with us, oh. which is not at all true. It's a balancing act. How do you protect the city legally while still maintaining communication in the proper way right that protects everybody but still keeps that open line of communication so i've tried to get creative with that and again once again everything goes back to budget what can we do that's free (laughs) but still keeps that line of communication open and since i love the meet and greets i thought what about there's four wards we just rotate a meet and greet quarterly amongst the wards every meet and greet will be me and two two council reps for that ward and anybody can come and just talk to us and we'll have conversation Oh, sounds like so, a great idea. Yeah, that's, I didn't know Bethany was big enough to have four wards. Mm-hmm. Yep, four wards and two council persons per ward. Oh, wow. So I guess that would leave me, for those who aren't really familiar with Bethany, like you want to give us a little demographics on Bethany? Sure. It's 5.2 square miles. It is landlocked. There's about 20,000 residents. I haven't seen the newest census numbers, but, um, you know, we got a, we got a comp 2030 plan. It needs some updating. It's... You know, but there are some good components in it. Um, but we have, we've got what we've got to work with in that 5.2 square miles. So we're having to get creative in the way that we develop or redevelop areas um, since we can't really expand outside of that. <laughs> and then, of course, we have demographics that we're trying to reach and encourage to come in, you know, young business professionals and young to middle-aged families and different things like that. Um, you know, we're trying to encourage businesses, economic development to come in. And, you know, as I've said before, with everything, it's a fine line um, that we walk on a little tightrope. I'm just mm-hmm. going to call myself a tightrope walker. <laughs> but um, but that's that's just kind of the summary demographics on bethany so so it's a little little bitty place yeah it's just a small little metro city it's one of those kind of and we have them all over oklahoma city those little like they were a community of their own at one point and then oklahoma city just grew around them and and swallowed them but they've maintained their identity yeah yeah and bethany has there are some that were quite literally swallowed and they no longer exist like the city of Britain. Um, it's by the village and oh. there's, you'll look, you'll see Britain road well, that used to be a municipality, an independent municipality that essentially from what I understand, and I don't know that all of this is completely accurate, but I think that there were issues with budget and kind of mismanagement. And so they ended up losing their incorporation. Oh, wow. And that was a concern for Bethany, especially a couple of years ago when the budget issues came to light. And that was, there was, um, there was a lot of concern from residents that we would lose our incorporation and get swallowed up by Oklahoma city and cease to be Bethany, which would I think really be a tragedy. I think that would be heartbreaking. Yeah. Because it has this small town charm and I think, and I, I love it there and I'm excited 
to be a part of watching it grow and and move forward. So I think that would have been really sad if that had yeah. happened. I'm, I'm thankful it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. They have that neat little on 39th, that little Main Street. Yeah. You know, you still drive. To, I mean, it's yeah. 39th Expressway is obviously a big road, but mm-hmm. but they're all the little it's just like driving down any small town. I mean, you just kind of get that like small. Of course, then there's this giant college on the other side of the road. <laughs> it is. That but is, it, though, that street specifically is historic Route 66. Yeah. And so I think that there is hope and and we're partnering with, you know, bordering municipalities. There's this hope that we can grow that that Route 66 presence and really expand on that. And what I personally love about Route 66 is just the feel of it, that nostalgia, yeah, that kind of the very specific for me, I'm a designer. And so, you know, me, everything is aesthetics is really important to me. And to me, Route 66, part of it is that old school aesthetic, kind of the mid-century modern design on the buildings and the neon lights and retro retro yeah that kind of retro in that 50s 60s era Mm -hmm. and i I love those decades from a design and architectural standpoint and so i'm i'm hoping that we can bring some of those visual components into our little piece of route 66 so i'm kind of meeting with some people and I, i have and i continue to meet and and you know everything is about planning and it's just kind of meeting and speaking with the people, the right people, the people in the know who, who mm-hmm. know how to get the things done that you want to accomplish. So right now I'm in this kind of creating relationships phase. Oh, it's a fun phase, at least to me. It's, it is a fun phase. I've met a lot of really awesome people. Yeah. And they just, they want to do good in their own little piece of the world. Right. Yeah. See, that's, I mean, just like doing this or the various things I've done over the years, it is I mean, it's so easy to be overwhelmed by all the like negative stories you hear or like somebody does something mean to you and suddenly everybody is a jerk. And then you. But if you go out and talk to people, there's like so many really cool, nice people out there and we forget. And I I guess that's that's part of what's fun to me, like doing this is like you're constantly reminded there are so many really cool, fun people. Great. Who want to do. Yeah. Like you said, they're. They're a little piece. They're good, good. And they're a little piece of the world. It's really true. And I think it's kind of what we talked about before. If I had to guess at the ratios and I'm just get, I'm pulling these numbers out of thin air, but I would have to say, you know, probably 90% of the population is inherently good. They mm-hmm. want to do good things. It doesn't matter what your political opinions are or your religion or anything like that. Take all of that out of it. Right. I would say the vast majority of people are inherently good, but you've got this percentage and the reality of it is that no matter which way you cut it, they're always the loudest. Oh, yeah. The people that are the angriest and the most disgruntled are always the loudest. Yeah. And so it feels like their group is much larger than it really is. Yeah, for sure. But then you walk along and you meet awesome people on the street who do good things just to be good. Yeah. You know, so I think it's just paying attention every day to the people around you and just noticing those little things, those little kind, compassionate gestures that they make on a daily basis. And that kind of helps restore some faith in mankind, I think, <laughs> when we're in times like, you know, right now that that sometimes it can get discouraging and you can forget, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it's restores your faith in humanity. Yeah, so, I agree. It's very cool. So you also, like you said, you have your own marketing firm. Yeah. Agency. I mm-hmm. don't know what your official term is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tells from the Click Media. Uh, yeah, it, it, I'm going into my third year 
actually. And it was uh, growing so well that first and part of the second year there. And I was really excited. And then like so many small business owners, COVID hit and it about wiped me out. Not completely, pretty close. Yeah. Uh, You know, I got a handful of very loyal, loyal and wonderful clients left. That's kind of helping me stay afloat, but um, it really hasn't bounced back yet. Oh no! And you know, I I was thinking about that the other day because I don't know if you've researched a lot about imposter syndrome. No, I don't have to. I live it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. All the time. So, so yeah. Well, then you know where my mind went. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm not good at this. Isn't what this isn't what I'm meant to be doing. Maybe I thought I was qualified, but I'm not. And you know, that's where your mind goes. But when I look at it through you know common sense and not emotion, and I take that out of it. I think it's really helpful to kind of look at yourself and realize what you do and what's detrimental and what's not. Right. So I was like, oh, hold on. I know that I struggle with imposter syndrome. So let's take myself out of this kind of a look at a bird's eye view. The reality of it is my business was grown and growing because of word to word of mouth and referrals. Mm -hmm. And the way that you get that, the way you meet these wonderful people that you meet and you make connections like that's how we met mm-hmm. through networking. Yeah. Well, you you lose the human element of it through these Zoom calls. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm not a yes. fan. I'm so with I'm not you a fan. there. So when you lose that human connection component of it, you lose that networking component. It wasn't so much COVID as it was the lack of ability to go out and network like we had been before right and have those one-on-one interactions to have those conversations organic mm-hmm. you know meet cutes and all those different things that build build biz, a business like mine because mm-hmm. um, really advertising the funny part especially for small marketing firms advertising doesn't work oh because so much of it is about trust and relationship you can't build that through some random general all-purpose ad right so it's funny because i build out and i advertise for other people products and services and it works great Uh but when it comes to deciding on who will take your very personal item or brand or whatever it is and, and put it out there into the world there's a huge trust factor that comes into that for businesses and i don't blame them right I wouldn't trust my advertising to just anybody. So that is really just, it has to almost exclusively be built in person. Oh, okay. So that is what really hit my business the hardest is that lack of ability to go out and meet and network and build those relationships, which is where all of my referrals and word of mouth came from. Right. Are they even, have they started going back to in-person networking events yet? Not that I know of. I mean, I'm perhaps some people have. I just don't know who. Um, I know people are considering it and some people are kind of tentatively talking about it and maybe even diving into it. But yeah. in the circles that I'm in, they haven't they haven't taken that leap just yet. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've not actually attended a Zoom networking meeting because I don't understand how that would work at all. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I've been a part of several and I've found, and this is just my personal opinion as with every word I've said, because I'm the one saying them, um, you know, they're just, they're really impersonal and they're awkward. Yeah. Really kind of almost painfully awkward (laughs) that, you know, there's this moment of silence that just kind of extends for 10 minutes and we're all like, I don't, what's, what's going on? Does anyone know? Should you be, should I be speaking? You, do you want to, <laughs> I'll just be quiet. Okay. You talk. Okay. We're good. Uh, 
you know right and it's just this it's it's super duper awkward but not in an entertaining way no right yeah there is entertaining awkward you and i both know that (laughs) this is not one of those no this is just awkward awkward oh man (laughs) that's brutal yeah a little bit a little bit so i shy away from those as much as i can and then of course you have the ones with the connection issues Oh, those are fun. Yeah. Yeah. People are talking, you can't hear them. And then everybody's like trying to mess with their, are you muted? Am I muted? Who's muted? Unmute me. And you always have that one person who spends the entire time talking and they're muted the whole time. And you can't (laughs) seem to get them to understand. You're still talking 10 minutes later, but you've been muted this whole time. We have no idea what you're saying. So then you just decide that you have to move on. You have no other option. You got an hour here. They've taken up 10 to 15 minutes. So they spend the whole time talking into the camera like they're talking to someone. And no, no one is paying attention. No, no, you just have to stop paying attention because you're like, I don't know what to do with this. Right. Have fun. That's Oh uh, yeah, it's wonderful. No, it sounds it sounds great. Like super fun. I can't wait to jump on one of those. So great. Yeah, I can, I can point you to some if you really want I, that. Yeah, want that experience. Totally. I'll catch you there after the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hook you up. Okay, yay. <laughs> so, what do you like? What draws you to marketing? I mean, after you say that advertising doesn't work. <laughs> Well, not for me. Um, It's not something that I recommend for everybody because marketing, I think, is a very personal thing. And what works for one person isn't going to work for somebody else. It needs to be customized and it needs to be very specific to you and your business and what you're trying to accomplish. And paid advertising dollars isn't always it. Yeah. You know, and I don't always recommend it for every client. For some, I do. Because they have very clear, concise services. Yeah. You know, if, if it's, you know, an oil change or a dentist or an attorney, you have, here's my service list. It's very tangible. Right. right Here right. you go. That, that's easy to advertise. Um, but when you have more, a broad range of services that many of them are just kind of intangible. A lot of what marketers do is intangible because it's, you're, you're selling your, in a way, your thought process. Yeah. The experience and training that you've gathered over the years and your own unique way of thinking and you're, you're, you're packaging that together and you're selling your intellectual property. Okay. That's a hard thing to market. Right. Like, hey, I'm going to sell you my intellectual property. I would never word it like that. No, but that's right. essentially what the transaction that's being made is I'm selling you my expertise to take your brand, to build a branding package for you if you don't have one that is unique to your personality and your company. I'm taking that and I'm packaging it in a palatable way that will reach your target market. And then I'm sending it out into the world for you. Um, and I'm going to utilize, you know, my, uh, you know, my idea of what your brand is. Right. And of what it should look like. And I'm going to use utilize what you give me, but it's still my, my take on it. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, very personal thing. And that's where a lot of the trust comes in. But that's just, that's just a harder thing to advertise, I think. Now, when you're a larger company and, you know, your services become very corporate mm-hmm. because you're reaching out and advertising to corporations that have, you know, multi-million dollar budgets and things like that, that's different. They're right. on a whole other level. I don't know that I will ever get to that <laughs> level. And honestly, I don't know that I would want to because I love working with small to mid-sized businesses. But the biggest challenge is always budget. Right. And, you know, that's why I lost the majority of my clients when COVID hit because 
your budget is limited. And when you get hit as badly as they did, it's got to come from somewhere. And sadly, usually the one that gets cut first or one of the ones that gets cut first is marketing. Yeah. Because it's the least painful one in the moment. Right. Now, uh, you know, losing your advertising and your marketing and your voice for your customers, your connection, that that has a long-term effect. Right. But in the short term, it's a quick and easy one to cut. So you know what? I can't blame them. Right. Um, but that's why I think it's so personal is it's me reiterating your vision for your company yeah. for you. Yeah. That's just kind of a hard thing to stick on a stick on a little graphic and sell to people. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't have just like a <laughs> quick little catchphrase that wraps yeah. all of that up into it. For 1999, you too can own a piece of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tempting offer. Get myself an infomercial going for that. <laughs> yes, that's uh, I'm all over that. I want a piece of her brain. <laughs> you don't you don't you don't think I should go with that? Does it really work? Or I don't know. What do you I think? Mean, I think good? you should do split testing. Yeah. Oh split all testing right. Is hey, thing. that's a good I'll I'll give it a go. <laughs> we'll do it over a Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure that your mic is muted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The whole time. Yeah. And then at the end I'll finally unmute it and say, and that's how you solve all of the world's problems. <laughs> There you go. You'll be oh. like like the Grinch who's like, you know, when he tells the story, he's like, oh, what am I going to do today? I'm going to solve all the world's problems and tell nobody. Yeah. That'll <laughs> that be you. One of my favorite lines. That was so funny. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. <laughs> and then maybe my, my heart one day, too, will grow three sizes. <laughs> I mean, we can always dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, so is there... Um, for all of our Bethany listeners, because I'm sure we have all of Bethany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Is there any like message you you want them to hear? Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 what I've been trying to put out there. One of my biggest one of my biggest goals with the campaign and it continues to be is communication and building that. And I think in some ways struggling with the, the social issues that we're having and the miscommunication and those different things. It looks like we're moving backwards, but we are working on items like, you know, re-implementing a newsletter and doing different in the meet and greets and the different ways that we can connect, connect to citizens and have quality connections mm -hmm. that don't create chaos and confusion that give a clear voice, one voice coming from the city, you know, um, that says, Hey, we care about you. We hear you. We want to talk to you. I want to talk to them. That never changed. Mm -hmm. I didn't suddenly step into office and stop wanting to interact with them. Right. You know, they're the reason I ran. I care about the citizens. I'm a citizen. Right. You yeah. Know? Um, and so I want to maintain that open and honest communication. It just looks different now. Yeah. And the things that we want to do, my goals during the campaign, those haven't changed, but the way that I can do them has changed. And I'm learning more and more about how to get them accomplished and what it's going to take and the time it's going to take. It took years for the city to get in this challenging position with the right. limited resources and all of the other struggles that they already know about. Right. It's going to take years to get it out and it's going to take diligence. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to, as a, as a, citizen voter whatever just be like okay well new people are in so stuff should be changing now exactly right and and you know maybe there was even a part of me that that had that idea going in yeah like okay cool 
well, the old guard's gone. Let's get in here and get something new done and let's get it done right now. And then you get in there and then reality hits. Yeah. And you get, some days I feel like I'm drowning in bureaucracy. And it feels like I even said this to, to a friend of mine the other day. I said, I said that sometimes it feels like common sense gets clouded by bureaucracy. Yeah. Because you can't just go in and make these simple decisions. They're like, yeah, oh, that sounds great. You want to donate to the city of Bethany? Donate your time. Donate whatever it is. Great. Let's do it. No, no. We got we got to get we got to get the city attorney involved. We got to look at all these laws and statutes and the charter and make sure that we're not having any kind of a violation. If you know a citizen donates their time by helping with limb cleanup, we have to have those things on the agenda. Wow. We have meetings every two weeks. You can't just come in and donate your time. We've got to have liability waivers. We you know we have to have everything organized. We have to have a certain amount of time to put it out there and advertise it and make it you know equal. There's all these steps to it that just bog everything down, and it's not any less frustrating to me than it is to them right the difference is i'm right in the middle of it and they can't see all of the roadblocks or hurdles that are in the way so i can understand their frustration yeah you know like hey why wasn't this done yesterday you've been in there a month why aren't these limbs gone right you know so really all it, it it's it's having those one-on-one conversations with people there's only 24 hours in a day so that's a slow way of going right but I like to establish and build personal relationships with people. And that's, so that's just kind of how I operate. So I'm hoping that I can continue to have those meetings over the next few months and we'll see where it goes. But I hope that people still stay active and involved and want to volunteer. And I think my biggest hope is that they understand that we're trying and it may not move as quickly as they would like or as I would like, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean we're not trying. Right. Excellent. And would you like to do like a plug for your Tales from the Click? Oh, sure. Sure. Um, yeah, Tales from the Click Media. I've been doing marketing for over 20 years now and I offer, you know, website design and management. Social media is a big one. Um, 25 year writer. So, um, and then I do graphic design. So if you need any of those services, give me a call 405 620 Six two zero zero. Yay. Well, thank you so much for being on my show. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. I felt like I got a little windy there. Sorry about that. It's the politician in me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like you go into office and immediately. Yeah, I've been in there a month. Straight. I'm full on politician now. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, all right. Well, that's it for us. Um, Remember, our episodes drop every Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. You can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean. We're working on the other ones. So eventually I can say, you can catch us on any of your podcast streaming services. We're going to get there. (laughs) You will get there. And we will get there. Or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, RTB, OKC. Or you can email us at RTBOKC at gmail.com. I love hearing from our listeners i you know if you have suggestions for the show or somebody that you think we should absolutely talk to let me know and you know if you want to be a sponsor for the show that's fine too i'll talk to you about that (laughs) (laughs) and otherwise we will catch you next time thanks for tuning in